welcome to the American Academy of Optometry's Foundation's clinical podcast series, brought to you by the OVS Announces channel. Today's topic, iris melanoma. Your host and topical editor is Mika Moy, and today's topical expert is Chris Wilmer. Now, on with the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. In this episode, we'll be discussing a paper that looks at a case series of iris melanoma. I'm Mika Moy. Our guest expert for this episode is Dr. Chris Wilmer, who is the Associate Dean for Clinical Affairs at Berkeley Optometry and is a board member of the Academy. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Mika. Glad to be here. So this article is titled, Different Presentations of Iris Melanoma, Potential Masquerade of Benign and Malignant by Allen and Colleagues, which is published in the uh, Academy's journal, Optometry and Vision Science. So first, let's kind of all get on the same page. So the authors refer to Shields' ABCDEF mnemonic for malignant transformation of iris lesions. And can you just remind us what those letters stand for? Absolutely, mnemonics are so helpful. So A is young age. 40 or younger. So Mika, that's not you or me, just to let you know. Um, B is blood or hyphema. C, clock hour inferior being the risk. D is a diffuse flat tumor configuration. E is ectropia and UVA, which is where there's tractional force that pulls the posterior pigment epithelium around the pupil margin to the anterior surface of the iris. And F is feathery margins. Okay, so I think young age is the one that people always forget because it sort of seems counterintuitive. And in fact, there was only one person in this case series who was under the age of 40. So were there other risk factors obvious on exam? Well, what's interesting when you talk about the young age is that it's really when the lesion first presents. And that makes sense because we can think about how long has it been there and how much time is there for it to transform and become malignant. Um, What's interesting, a lot of the patients actually noticed some changes to the lesions on their iris, so they self-referred in, um, although others were noted by their optometrist on just routine exam. Okay, so Shields' paper looked at over 1,600 eyes, and these authors are really looking at a few cases. So are they suggesting an edit to Shields' mnemonic? No, not at all. Um, The purpose of the paper really was to comment on this varying presentation of melanoma. It can be really, really tricky. And because iris melanoma and nevi overlap a lot, mnemonics help us remember what those risk factors are so we can kind of tick them off and go down that list. Um, Even so though, clinicians can be put into position of doubt because so much of it can be kind of gray or they're blurred, whether it's normal or abnormal. Um, even histology. So if we get to a point where, you know, let's have a surgeon do a biopsy on this. There was a case where a biopsy, um, the histology report came back normal and and the surgeon thinking about the physical characteristics of that lesion said, you know what, this doesn't make sense. Can you go back, take another look at it? And sure enough, it did come back malignant. So you need to look at the whole picture and all of the the data that comes in about about the lesion. Mm, That really makes sense. So are there any pearls that you can give us when we notice a suspicious iris lesion? Like what would you do if a lesion presented to you in clinic? Okay, I think it's really important. We know that there are a lot of iris nevi, you know, over 45%, 47% are iris nevi. We need to photo document. It's the best way. You know, our charts um, are good, but the, the photo allows us to see subtle changes. We wanna look carefully at the pupil margin. Is there any distortion? Is there that pigmentation? Any of the ectropion UVA, even if it's subtle? that should catch our eye and we should we should take action. We wanna do gonioscopy. We wanna look in the angle. Uh, we wanna determine, you know, is there a synechiae? Is there 
uh, are there vessels that are indicating blood supply to a lesion that's that's not typical? Um, ultrasound biomicroscope is, is helpful. We don't really have access to that easily, but that can tell us if the iris architecture is disturbed, um, and and that that's a big indicator. Yeah, you know, I think. Um... Anterior segment OCTs can be helpful too, but sometimes not because they can't penetrate that that tissue. So every once in a while, gosh, I really wish I had a UBM, but those aren't really ubiquitous in practice, I would agree. Um, are there any other takeaways from this paper that you want to comment on? I mean, as I mentioned, iris nevi are common. Uh, luckily, melanomas are not, but we don't want to miss them. We know that iris melanoma metastasis is lower than other uveal malignancies, which is is a positive. And again, photo documentation observation is really the mainstay. Luckily, we have access um, more easily to photographs. Even if it's using um, uh, your phone through your slit lamp, you, you can really document and, and keep pictures and look at those over time to make sure that there's not change. Okay, well, thanks very much, Dr. Wilmer, for joining us today. I feel a little bit refreshed on the topic of iris melanomas. Thanks, Mika, for having me here today.